Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Cold Hard Truth NFL podcast. I'm your host, Anish Gupta. And I'm your host, Shriek Arajendran. Shriek, how was your divisional round weekend? Fantastic. Fantastic. <laughs> I mean, I, yeah, what else did I expect? Uh, yeah, quite a win. I had a rough Saturday. Not, not fun. Uh, especially when these guys were all tormenting me for a good two hours about how excited I was to watch my favorite players play. Whatever. All right. Um, yeah, I suffered enough torment uh, mentally, but uh, you know what you shouldn't do? Have to suffer physical torment uh, when, you know, shaving down there. And our sponsor is always here to help. Uh, Manscaped. Um, again, Lawnmower 4.0. We've been through this, guys. Uh, for all our loyal viewers, you know what they bring to the table. Uh, they are the Patrick Mahomes of trimmers. They are the Tom Brady of trimmers. Uh, Fourth generation trimmer features a cutting edge ceramic blade, advanced skin safe technology, all of that good stuff to make sure that you do not have to suffer any of that physical torment uh, that I had to go through uh, dealing with all the pain (laughs) of this past Saturday. Uh, Manscaped has other amazing products. Uh, Weed Whacker nose and ear hair trimmer, crop preserver ball deodorant, some great t-shirts, boxers, stuff. Uh, Over actually 14 million or sorry, 7 million men worldwide now uh, who trust Manscaped with this amazing offer for you. CHT20 at manscaped.com, 20% off and free shipping at manscaped.com. Unlock your confidence. Always use the right tools for the job with Manscaped. Uh, Go grab yourself that lawnmower 4.0. Let's get into the video. All right, so um, let's kind of recap. We'll go in chronological order. Really rough Saturday, uh, at least for me. Um, Jags Chiefs. Well, we, we kind of wanted to present this in, in a topic, which was, you know, who is in a better position going forward, uh, the Jags or the Giants. Uh, but let's first kind of recap each of the two games. Um, I'll, I'll let you start with uh, Jags Chiefs. What would you make of it? Well, uh, I guess within the context of the question, we're, we're just kind of talking about the losing teams here. So, yeah, let's start off with Jacksonville. Um, Back-to-back years of having the number one pick. And on Saturday, you were a few plays away from beating the Chiefs in the divisional at Arrowhead Stadium. So not a bad first step under Doug Peterson. And uh, obviously, Jacksonville will look at that loss. And a few critical moments in that game. Obviously, uh, an unforced fumble by Jamal Agnew. Um, a shoestring tackle on, on Agnew's second big kick return by Harrison Butker. Uh, the drop deep ball by Christian Kirk, dropped interception by Oluokun, just, just naming a few moments there. The Jaguars were not blown out by the Chiefs. They were not a fraud. They, you know, they proved themselves. They proved themselves well. And now the next phase of this development is going from a good team to perennial contenders. And you have a few key free agents to sign, um, Zay Jones and Evan Ingram. But now you got to do what you've done for the past two years, right? Draft well. The Jaguars spent more than any other team in free agency last year. But, you know, you've got expensive deals on the books now. Obviously, next year you're going to be looking at an extension for Trevor Lawrence. Uh, Trent Baalke needs to find, like, these value signings and, and great rookies. It was easy to find talent with extra first-round picks and, you know, picking at the top of every round. It's not going to be so easy this time around. So if Balky can continue building, I'd say specifically in the secondary, in the offensive line, 
just stock that roster with youngsters that can contribute. I think the Jaguars are going to be the clear favorites in the AFC South and a threat to join Kansas City, Cincinnati, Buffalo in that in that elite category in the AFC very soon. And as for Trevor Lawrence, I will say this. I don't think he's elite. I think he's well on his way to becoming an elite quarterback. And I think he's going to get that, I, I'd say, next year. Top 10 for sure. Top 10 for sure, okay? He is, he is, he is a great quarterback. Um, but we've been over this a lot of times. I'm sure Anish feels this way too. He's not elite yet, but well on his way. I don't know. Um, it depends on who you ask and it depends on what your definition of elite is. Um, I, I've said this and I think I'm going to stick by it. I cannot name you four quarterbacks. I would take over Trevor Lawrence going into next year. I would still take him over Jalen hurts. And I know that's crazy. People are going to, uh, you know, freak out. I love Jalen hurts. I, you guys know this, whoever watches this pod, Shrikar and Jack both know it big Jalen Hurts guy, but um, I think Trevor's future is really bright. I think the only thing that's keeping him or the biggest thing that might hamper him throughout his career is just how loaded the AFC is. And I think Shrikar can agree with me on that. Um, but from a talent and uh, just, you know, arm strength, just everything that I look for in a quarterback, I do think Trevor Lawrence presents more to the table than even Jalen Hurts can bring. It's not a knock on Hurts. I think both of them are right in that same tier, but I'm just saying you cannot name me four that I would take over Trevor Lawrence. We'll talk about the Bills in a little bit. Maybe maybe Josh might be in that discussion. But um, in regards to the game, yeah, you mentioned it. I, I think Trevor Lawrence was probably the had the worst Saturday out of anybody in the last couple of playoffs I, I can remember. I mean, straight up robbery. Um, the drop on Christian Kirk, first of all, who, whoever hasn't seen that, just look it up. It's going to be the first thing on your YouTube search if you search up Christian Kirk. Uh, CK had an amazing season. He well and beyond earned his money, in my opinion. Uh, took a step up from what he used to be in Arizona, but you've got to catch that. I mean, that was the best throw of the playoffs. That was the best throw of a playoff of the playoffs. It was a stretch bootleg, uh, a moon ball wide side uh, over the top over the safeties on cover two on a post route, which is really hard to do, by the way, uh, for those of you guys who don't really know that um, and flat out drop. And then you also mentioned it, right? The shoestring tackle by Butker. You're right. Big, big thing. And Agnew, you cannot fumble. You can't fumble there. You cannot. I like, he's made so many plays, but you can't make that mistake. Like that, that would have cut it to three, right? And Jacksonville has come back down 10 plus in numerous times this season alone, right? Uh, nine down to the Ravens, 17 down to the Cowboys, 17 down to the Ravens, and then, you know, uh, what was it? 27 down to the Chargers. So who knows what could have happened? Uh, I'm going to quickly touch on the game. One part, Chad Henney is actually the biggest reason why the Chiefs won this game. You lose your quarterback, right? So I was also going to get to this point saying, you know, you're right. The Jags aren't frauds. And this was, I think, Mahomes' toughest playoff win since the Super Bowl being down 20 to 10. I think ever. Um, and the reason, I mean, yeah, you could say that. I think the 24-0 down was pretty crazy, too. Um, but look, to for, um, for the Chiefs to lose your starting quarterback, the guy who was the MVP of the league, you know, the guy who really keeps this team together, Chad Henney executes a 98-yard drive, guys. Like, that that's not normal. I mean, Chad Henney, the last meaningful game he has played uh, was 
the AFC divisional round against my Cleveland Browns, right? Like that, that's really the last meaningful time he's played. I know there's some regular season snaps he's taken here and there, but come on. Like it's been a while. And to do a 98 yard drive to put, you know, to keep the game going and to keep the lead, that's so huge for a team that just, you know, was shell shocked, right? Mahomes is, you know, going crazy antics on the sidelines, wanting to come back and they're not letting him. Right. Obviously, as a fan base and as a team, you're thinking, oh, that's not that good. Right. You don't know in the heat of the moment. And for him to do that was really exceptional. So as the Jags, you cannot do that. And you mentioned it. Right. The pick by Olakun. You got to let Tyson Campbell pick that. I know it's hard to see, but or at least come down with the football. Um, so, yeah, I, I think they're in a really good place. I, I do disagree with you, though. I don't think they've been really drafting. I think they've just been drafting high. Right, like C.J. Henderson not on the team anymore. That's uh, what I was Josh saying. Josh Allen's been like, a good hit. It gets harder when you can't pick number one, right? Um, yeah, Trayvon Walker again. You know, everyone's kind of agreed that was a, not a miss or not a bust, but a miss, uh, considering the guys after. And um, you know, I think there was some personal feud involved in that. Um, but I think one thing you, uh, I'm going to add on to you what you were saying is now comes expectation. Right. This is a team that had nothing to play for. Now we're going to get some AFC South favoritism in there. Now we're going to expect Trevor Lawrence to do the same thing, if not better. Right. With, you know, I've certainly put him on a really high pedestal. I can't imagine others wouldn't. That's what's going to come down. Uh, And for that reason, I think they are in a better position going forward than the New York Giants, who are going to transition over here in a sec. I'm first, I want to give a sincere and huge apology to everybody who has watched the show uh for picking the giants if i somehow in any way convince you to do that i'm very sorry uh <laughs> um i should have known that this wide receiver group was not going to get any type of separation against the secondary uh i said it cj gardner johnson would be a huge difference and it wasn't even just him it was the whole secondary i was completely wrong uh this was just a matchup nightmare and i tried to oversee it just with how the momentum was going so i was completely wrong on that uh and i take full responsibility (laughs) uh shriek you want to touch on maybe what were you know giants who are technically year one of a rebuild with joe shane and brian dable i think they're way ahead of it so uh where do you think they go from here yeah just real quick one more thought on trevor lawrence before i before i you know talk about the giants Definitely had his highlights, uh, not without his lowlights, though. Um, first drive of the game, Nick Bolton drops that pick. And obviously the uh, pick from Jalen Watson, underthrown ball. So this is kind of what... Uh, okay, that was, that was, that was a really good play, though. Come on. Ball. You're not telling me that was a good ball, though. It, it, it didn't have enough gas on half it. Half and half. I mean, like... Oh, fine. And it came at a crucial okay. point in the game, too. So it's, it is it is what it is. But let's talk about the Giants now. All right. Look, I'll say this. It is a very rare thing to be beaten by 31 in a playoff game and feel great about the season. But that's pretty much where the Giants are. Um, If we think back to last season, I don't know if you remember week 18, third and nine, they run a QB sneak with Joe Judge trying to get room to punt. That team went four and 13. This team went nine, seven, and one under Brian Dable, he proved he is finally going to stop this New York coaching carousel uh, that's been, you know, going ever since Tom Coughlin retired back in 2015. Um, But I think Joe Shane has some really tough decisions ahead. And the first, we got to talk about it, Daniel Jones. I think there's two ways to go about this. Considering the amount of cap space they have, which is a good amount, 
The Giants could be using the non-exclusive franchise tag. That's going to cost right around $32 million. So if a team signs Jones to an offer sheet, New York can basically match that, or you can let him walk and you get two first-round picks in the process. Or the Giants can let Jones walk and try to draft a replacement. You probably need to move up for a great prospect. Uh, So that's Jones. And then there's Saquon. Uh, The Giants watched Saquon Barkley. You know, he, he played in around 20 games in the three seasons before this year, before obviously having a great year this year, 1,650 total yards, 10 touchdowns. If Saquon gets a long-term deal, I think it's going to be a top-of-the-market deal, like somewhere near uh, Christian McCaffrey's deal. Both Jones and Barkley were literally the main reasons the offense did anything. No receivers even approached 1,000 yards. With the free agent class being as weak as it is, and the Giants having tons of cap space, so they, they could opt to use both the transition and franchise tags or keep building through the draft. You can you can keep that money, roll it into future years. But if the Giants want to keep improving, it starts with either keeping Jones and Barkley or significantly upgrading at those positions. All right. Uh, I'm kind of with you. Uh, first of all, yeah, Dable is hopefully putting an end to this, you know, train wreck of the last six years. The Giants have had excluding the one in uh, 2016. Um, first of all, Daniel Jones, for every, anybody who's out there uh, and who does not like him or who doesn't think he's good, uh, I'm going to stand on what I said. I'm going to double down. I still think he had one of the 10 best seasons from any quarterback this season. To do what he did without a single receiver who did anything till week 10, you guys want to know, I think the receivers total had like, I think 500 yards up until week 10. And uh, until the emergence of Isaiah Hodgins, they were so bad. Uh, not to mention they had 11 starters hurt out of 22 starting positions. So when you guys criticize him, or when you guys think about that, I just want I just want that to be, you know, thrown in there. If we give all this praise for what Derek Carr did last year, I think Daniel Jones did that and did a better job considering he actually won a playoff game on the road. So yes, I do think Daniel Jones had one of the 10 best seasons and I think my case is pretty good. Uh, That being said, uh, it's going to be really tough on terms of what to give him on a deal because this is honestly the first year I can finally back my Daniel Jones hype train, right? Out of four years. So that's, you know, obviously teams and, uh, uh, people of the higher office would want to go towards the latter three than this year, right? I don't blame them. Um, and you're right, Saquon's probably looking for a deal around 16 mil. That's what uh, McCaffrey had. Uh, but for the Giants, I think here's a big problem, right? You, like the offensive line is good and it can get better, but like you're going to face the Eagles defensive line that's got four players with 10 plus sacks. You're going to face them twice. Dallas's defensive line is great. Washington's defensive line is great. You got to get better. As good as it has played, and it play, it's played some pretty uh, you know good games this season. It's got to get a little bit better. Uh, second, you need to get a receiver, man. Like Isaiah Hodges is not going to be your starting wide receiver one. Darius Slayton, we've seen inconsistent time after time. Sterling Shepard, love the guy. Liked our post. Big shout out to him. Can't stay on the field, and even when he is, he's not a wide receiver one. So. Uh, you know, you need that big, uh, that number one guy, your true ex. And that's the only way I think you'll get, you know, even more from Daniel Jones. And Kenny Galladay was a miss. So let's get a guy that's not a miss this time, Joe Shane. 
Um, Joe Shane wasn't responsible for that deal. I believe this is Galladay's second year on the contract. So yeah, this wasn't uh, Galladay's, or sorry, this wasn't Shane's mistake. Um, but I mean, you're hearing my argument, Shriek. I think you, it's hard to dispute, right? When, you know, Daniel Jones, who isn't already the most accurate, isn't the, you know, greatest passer in the world, but who is he throwing to, right? Like, like that has to be into consideration. And you cannot tell me with a straight face that Daniel Jones did not have to deal with those type of problems constant tight windows and tight games like it's just it like he shouldn't that should not be a consistent factor every time he's throwing the ball down the field you should not have to play the vikings who are like the bottom secondary that's the only time you can separate that's not good enough you're going to be playing these top tier secondaries down the league right if you really want to play in these big games you're going to have to face that and i think that's a big problem that they need to address uh I think both teams, to sum it up, are in really good positions going forward. Uh, I think the Giants have a little bit more uh, that they need to fix than Jacksonville, considering that Jacksonville's players are all kind of emerging. Um, I also think Jacksonville's uh, solid at quarterback. They don't have a question there, which is something that the Giants still kind of have. Um, yeah, that, that's kind of a summary. Um, I, I wanted to touch back last thing on Jacksonville, too. They all They hit on all their free agents this year. Can you repeat that? Uh, and same thing with the Giants, right? They hit on a lot of their guys that they brought in, run it back and do the same thing. And even with the current free agent crop they got this year, can they do it again for a second year in a row? Like, which I think they will. But, all right, here's my thing on Daniel Jones. I think there's a difference between a top 10 QB season and a top 10 QB. Do you think he is a top 10 QB? Going forward? Yes. Okay. I'm, I'm, okay. uh, I think I just, he, I just I wanted to the, clarify before, you know, we kind of no, no. blur. Yeah, we've got guys like Kyler coming back. We've got guys like, uh, you know, Deshaun who are, you know, big questions, but yeah, yeah I can't, uh, yeah. I can't say that. I agree. Um, whether Not it's a top delusion. 10 QB season, I think is arguable, but I definitely hear the argument. He improved a lot. He matured a lot. Uh, again, I say this every time we talk about Daniel Jones, but he's not a turnover machine anymore. And I think, as a Giants fan, that's exactly what you wanted. So who's in the better position going forward between the Jags and the Giants? I'd say the Jags, I think it's fairly obvious for me just because they have the quarterback locked in. Both teams have the coach. Also the division. Division two. The division. AFC South right? is like that, pretty much so theirs for the taking. They're all in turmoil. Like all the other teams, right? Indy's got, you know, Indy fell off a cliff. Tennessee also kind of, right? Like, where do you go from here? What 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 is Tannehill's situation like? You're paying Derrick Henry a lot. Like a lot of ifs over there. And Jacksonville is just like started from the bottom. Now we're here. Like yeah, <laughs> that's kind of what they're doing. But, both teams, uh, but yeah, both, both teams, teams have the coach. Position. Both teams have yeah. the coach. That's that's, that's pretty much all that matters. And if you're a Jags or a Giants fan, extremely happy with the results from this year. Giants get a number one receiver, please, please, please. That's all I ask. And maybe my. DJ hype will uh, start to come into fruition. All right, uh, let's sw switch over to the other two losers, um, the Buffalo Bills and the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, we kind of said a similar thing last time. I think I forget which teams we kind of mentioned. I think like the Bucks and the Ravens or something. But where do they go from here? Uh, Shriek, let's start with Buffalo. Um, really bad loss, like really bad. Yeah, the Bills were handled easily by Cincinnati. They lost 27-10. It never felt that close, to be honest. The Bengals led 14-0 after two drives and were never seriously threatened 
In fact, Buffalo never again had possession with a chance to tie or lead. So they weren't ever threatened. So where do they go? For If I'm Brandon Bean, I think it's time to be honest here. His roster is loaded with talent. But even if Von Miller had been healthy for last weekend's game, he's not, he's not worth 17 points, right? He's not making up the difference. The Bills have been, you know, the trendy pick to win it all for three straight years. I even hopped on that bandwagon. In two of those seasons, they were blown out twice, and the other one was 13 seconds. So now you're going to see Devin Singletary, Tremaine Edmonds, Jordan Poyer, Roger Saffold. All of those guys are hitting free agency. I think Saffold and Singletary are probably gone. Poyer, he's turning 32 years old this offseason. I think he's probably gone as well. Josh Allen's cap hit is rising to 40 mil next year. So this, this cap crunch has arrived. This was the year for Buffalo. They had to do it. So now, again, if I'm Brandon Bean, you have to find a way to add another weapon and improve in the trenches. And you don't have a lot of free agent capital. capital. So I think the best path is the draft, but... Also, but finding rookie contributors is always difficult. So, like, where do you go? It's it, you're kind of in no man's land almost. So, for Buffalo, yeah, kind of are. It's it's a tough loss. I'd say it's tougher than all of the others of this era because this was supposed to be the Bills' year, and instead, they get sent home again. This time, it's front of the home fans. Yeah. Um. So they. Okay, let let's first start off with um I picked the Bills and the only reason why I picked them was because Cincy's offensive line was out. You have to capitalize on that. How do you allow 172 rushing yards? Like if you had told me that, I would have never believed you. Like 100 times out of 100 I was not going to believe you on that. How like Buffalo Bills defense, I know their pass defense is great. First of all, run defense or the bad run defense turned into a bad pass defense but come on like that can't happen right so i'll admit again wrong on that but one thing i had been saying all year even if bills would won this game i don't know giving them no chance against kc like this they were never a team that feared me to win the super bowl like there was always something off each time i saw them play they they really had one impressive game all year, and that was Kansas City. That's it. Like, it seems like they always beat them in in the regular season, and then come playoff time, there's always something or the other, right? And look, you you can put their playoff losses all the all you want. Obviously, their quote unquote championship window will still be open with Josh. Josh is always going to win you games, but you got to start thinking to yourself, right? Like, like where do you go, right? And I mean, that's the question we're going to try and answer here. First of all, injuries I know are a part of the game, right? And I know they had something to do with you guys, but like the, the, this was not just on the injuries. You simply got outplayed in all three phases uh, of a football, and you're going to lose if you get play, outplayed on all three phases. How do you let guys that we have never heard of on Cincinnati's line do that to you? That that's the number one reason you lost this game, right? And yeah, Josh had a shaky game, uh, you know. I used to defend Josh when people didn't like him. Obviously now everyone kind of is big on him. So we don't really, or I don't really talk about him as much, but uh, I'll say this about Josh Allen and, you know, why I thought Joe Burrow was better than him, you know, even before this playoff loss. Cause I know playoff losses tend to have this magnitude and it'll sway people, uh, you know, with bigger meaningful games, but Josh has always worried me. He's always had this, 
X factor in terms of like, he can put another team back into the game. Like he can, he can cost your team points. Joe Burrow is more accurate. He's not going to do that. He's so much more poised. And I think that's a problem that, uh, you know, Josh kind of brings and eludes, um, which is why I think Joe Burrow has now kind of established himself in everyone's eyes as QB too. Uh, I'm pretty sure he got to you also. Um, I mean, <laughs> well, I've, I've, I've glad, glad way before, way before the playoff loss, I said he was QB. Too. I'm glad, I'm glad Joey B is, or, you know, starting to bring it up in everyone's minds too. Um, I think also for the bills, like corners, safeties, linebackers, they've got everything, right? You've got everyone notable in each position, right? So, you know, is it depth? Is it just being outplayed? I think it just comes down to, you know, a run game that you need and you're getting too Josh Allen dependent. Like this has been a problem that Shrikar also mentioned throughout. Like, you know, if Josh isn't hidden on all cylinders, you can't rely on a run game. And I think the problem with that is Josh is less consistent than Patrick. So Patrick doesn't really have a consistent run game, though I do think Pacheco is actually creating one recently. Um, you know, Pat doesn't uh, put the team in worse positions like Josh kind of does sometimes, especially in the red zone. That was a problem this season. So I think for the Bills, yeah, you just got to clean those up. Like Josh has to be better. Uh, like Josh's uh, turnover woes were really up this season. Uh, is that a lack of Brian Dable? I don't think so. I think Ken Dorsey is a great play caller. Uh, I just think this is on Josh. Uh, Ken obviously ca- calls a little bit more spread packages in the red zone. So that's that causes Josh to have to progress through more reads. So that's a little bit of an explanation why, but that that's something that Josh will be better at. I, I think next year they'll come out better, but I just don't know if I could, I'll ever consider the Bills the top of the AFC. And I don't know why we have... I even said this when the Bills were number one in the power rankings. I know I had the Rams one back then because they won the Super Bowl, but like, I'm just saying, like, the Bills, why, like, this is what's a thought that I've been throwing out there. Why have the Bills always been like the AFC's power? Like, they haven't won anything. Like, we, we, like, why are we putting them on the pedestal if they haven't won anything? Like, Cincinnati, I can even understand. Like, they won the AFC. Like, you can't, they won uh, two road playoff games in a row. Buffalo has not done that. Like, I don't know what we're doing here. This is like the problem that I had with it. Um, So yeah, that's my take on the Bills. Let's move on to Dallas. Um, Let's revisit the Dak uh, top 10 thing. Uh, You know, I've had my fair share of being wrong today. Shriek loves to prove out when I'm wrong and loves to point out when he's right. Um, But let's talk about Dak a little bit here. What you know, are, are you off that now? What are your thoughts on where the Cowboys go from here with Dak? I think that's a big one that people are going to start throwing out. Wouldn't necessarily say I'm off it. Uh, but even if he's not in my top 10, he's kind of just outside. It's not like a huge difference to me. But yeah, we, we can talk about it. We kind of have to talk about it. Dak Prescott missed five regular season games with a hand injury, and he still led the NFL with 15 picks. On Sunday, he tacked on two more. He could have had others. Obviously, we looked at the end of the game. Dre Greenlaw almost had a pick six. Outside of CeeDee Lamb, the Cowboys just don't have enough juice on the perimeter. The backfield combo of Ezekiel Elliott and Tony Pollard, it's fine. But there's just nothing else aside from Lamb. And with Dalton Schultz hitting free agency, I think Jerry Jones is definitely going to be pressed into an aggressive mindset. 
I will say Dallas is not going to advance any further than this in future years if they don't give Prescott help. Good quarterback, he's not elite. I don't even think he's close to elite. He's not carrying a team to the Super Bowl. If Dan Quinn sticks around, obviously that side of the football will always just be good. But I think Prescott losing Amari Cooper in that trade with the Browns last offseason was just, it was crippling for his production. So if we look at Dallas's cap sheet, the Cowboys are at the projected cap threshold. Despite having a bunch of great players hitting free agency, I just said Schultz, Pollard, um, you also got Anthony Brown, Leighton Vander Esch, guys like that. So I think what the Cowboys are going to do, I think the Cowboys are going to swing big for a receiver in the draft. They're going to hope to find another lamb. I think that's the direction they go. I still think Pre- I still think Prescott is their QB. Okay, I I think Prescott will play out the remainder of his deal. But give him some help. Give him another weapon. That's what I'll say. All right. Um, I said this. I doubled down even after Dak's amazing game against the the Bucks. <laughs> he, he didn't move anywhere for me. And like I said, though he he's the definition of inconsistent. That was my whole point. Can we get a good game again? And he'll have a great legacy game against Tampa Bay, coming off obviously six points against Washington at on the road, 14 of 37. And then he follows it up with another stinker. So look, it's been like that all year, literally all year, every single game he's had good, there's something bad to follow. And you are not going to win anything with him. I don't care how much help you give. I don't care what he has around him. He is not going to win you uh, big games that you want. Uh, and I will stand by that. I don't care what help they give. Uh, I think they will have to stick with him, quite frankly, because his cap hit's going to be just massive. Um, but he's not the answer for Dallas. I'm sorry. Uh, you are not going to an NFC championship with him. You are not going to a Super Bowl with him. I don't even think you're going to win the division with him <laughs> uh, next year again. Um I do want to say CD Lamb is cemented top 10. I think he is just phenomenal. Uh, I'm so glad he popped off. One of my favorite players in the league. Um, you're right. They don't have a receiver too. Fine. Um, Michael Gallup towards ACL came back. Wasn't the same. James Washington, a guy that they brought in was terrible. Didn't even see the field. Uh, the guy Jalen told uh, had off the field concerns and then didn't do anything. So yes, you're right. They don't have a receiver too. Um, that's something that maybe could help a little bit, but, uh, still, still don't think that Dak doesn't really progress the reads well in my book from what I've watched. So, uh, do think it's something you can address, but, uh, the Cowboys again, like you said, are kind of stuck in the snowman lands, uh, no man's land. I, I would take the giants moving forward over Dallas. Um, that's fair. The defense is good. Uh, looking, looking back on the game, there were so many opportunities to win. Like th- there were. Um, you hold the Niners to 19 points, a team who'd scored 35 plus, like the last, what, like five, six games, you have to win. Like you have to win in, in today's NFL. If you hold a team 20 or, or 19 or less, you have to win that game. Right. I know Trayvon Diggs dropping the pick was huge. Right. So yes, there were a multitude of things that just, you know, didn't go Dallas's way. A couple fumble, I think Ray Ray fumbled and they didn't get on it. Just, just some nitty gritty things that didn't happen, but also, Micah Parsons, where'd you go, right? Like, uh, Trent Williams did an amazing job on him. Uh, and, yeah, I, I mean, he had one, like, really good rip uh, rip move on McGlinchey, but, uh, you know, that was pretty much it. Uh, like, you've got to step up, uh, or, you know, at least from a defensive side of the ball, like, 
can't just get isolated on the left side and not do anything. So uh, I think as for Dallas, get a receiver too. Uh, and Anthony Brown's not the answer at uh, CB2. I think you can get it. He was good, but you can definitely get a guy better next to Trayvon Diggs. That's a big need that they need to address. Um, I'm just kind of going from what they need, but I'm not going to fear the Cowboys next year. I'm not. Like, what if I, what if I threw this Fine, out? make the playoffs. What if I threw this out? A trade for Jalen Ramsey, which they could pull off. What no, do you think? It's not a difference maker. It's no. not a difference maker. Like, sure, sure, you'll have a great CB. No, like uh, this, this team is not going to scare me to win in January. You'll get there. Fine. Like, you know, the Falcons made the playoffs five years in a row with Matt Ryan uh, in his early years. Nobody feared them once to win the Super Bowl. So like, this is the same kind of thing here. Like, and I'm not talking about 2016. I'm talking 2008 to 2012. Like nobody feared the Falcons do anything. It's the same kind of thing I'm seeing with Dallas. Like you're, you, I'm never going to put them in a Super Bowl bubble. Not with Dak Prescott as your quarterback. I'm sorry. And I'm going to stand by that. I honestly kind of agree. I kind of agree as it stands. Uh, but I do want to see what they do this offseason for a little more clarity there. But yeah, as of right now, I'm with you. I I can't even put them in an NFC Championship bubble, to be honest. I mean, yeah, like I I think going forward, uh, next year, obviously SF, um, Philly is gonna come back with a vengeance, regardless of what happens this season. Um, like Dallas is not my team three. Uh, would probably, I mean, I think the Giants. Yeah, I said had a better future. There's some teams out there that uh, I, I'd. I'd be fearful of uh, over Dallas. So I just feel like Dallas is always a playoff upset away from just choking the season away. I think that's just how it goes. Mm -hmm. Um, All right. Well, yeah, that's kind of our recap. Uh, And then moving on, we'll get to the AFC and NFC title game previews, which is going to be a good one. All right. So the moment you guys have hopefully all been waiting for, uh, the AFC and NFC championship games. Again, I say this every week. I can't believe we're this far into the year. Only four teams left. Uh, Shrikar happens to be a fan of one of them. And uh, his game, I believe, is first. Uh, The Philadelphia Eagles and the San Francisco 49ers, the top two seeds, uh, are playing. It's it's been a while, I think, since the top two seeds have played uh, each other in a conference title game. Um, I think the last time it was like 2018 when the Chiefs played the Pats, I think. Uh, So I think it's been a while. Mm -hmm. Yeah. all right, well, I'll let you start. What What are some keys to the game? What are you, you know, most looking forward to? Or what are you most afraid of as a Niner fan? So, the NFC gives us the top two seeds with the Niners, obviously traveling to Philadelphia. Both teams have ridiculous defenses. Maybe the top two units in the league. Both teams can rush the passer. The Eagles led the league with 68 sacks, right? And the Niners counter with 44. Offensively, Philadelphia has the advantage at quarterback with Jalen Hurts, and I think they have the better offensive line. However, the Niners are loaded with skill position players, somehow more stacked than an Eagles team with A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith on the perimeter and Miles Sanders in the backfield. So this probably comes down to whether Philadelphia can pressure Purdy and who does a better job in situational areas, and I'm talking like third down, red zone and uh to that point i actually did some i did some research here i looked some numbers up 
So here are the rankings during the regular season for both teams in red zone offense and defense and third down offense and defense. So Philly's red zone offense and defense is third and 12th for SF 17th and 20th on third down for Philly fourth and 14th and for SF sixth and 16th. So advantage is clearly Eagles there. Um, But again, I have not really been on the Brock Purdy hype train as much as other Niner fans have been. I feel like people are kind of really overhyping him. Like he's not amazing to me. He's just, you know, a guy like to put it that way. I just don't, I don't see him as, you know, an almighty God as some Niner fans would, you know, put it. I do think if Philly gets pressure on him, as I've said before, I said this even in the Cow- before the Cowboys game, if you can pressure Purdy, he is not like he is not the same. He's not he's very scattershot in this process. He they usually try to force him out left and it just never goes right. He's always scrambling back 30 yards before throwing it away. And look, I think this is also a situation where if you fall behind early against the Eagles, I don't know if you're coming back. I genuinely don't think it's going to happen. Philly is not the type of team that are going to like make mistakes to let you back in. And they're also going to be, you know, after it, this is in Philly as well. So you're expecting a raucous home crowd. That's not going to let up that defense won't let up if given the chance. So I think it's a very, very scary matchup for the Niners. I think the Eagles match up really, really well, um, which makes this an amazing game to watch. Um, and also on the coaching staffs, uh, you know, Sirianni, Steichen, and Gannon versus Shanahan and Ryans. I think that's an amazing coaching matchup there as well. But look, man, when it comes down to it, I'm not 100% confident as a Niner fan. All right. Uh, I'm with you on a lot of what you said. Uh, I want to throw a couple points in there. Um I'm going to less focus on statistics. I think you got, you did it pretty well. Um, what I do want to say is when's the last, can you name me the last hostile road environment the Niners have had to play in this season at Seattle, right? Yeah, At Seattle, at, at, Seattle, at Seattle to cl- clinch the division. Right. I think that's the only one they've had in their long winning streak and correct me if I'm wrong, but the at Rams, they take over that uh, stadium. The at Raiders, when the game was close, it was more Niner fans in attendance. Even like, in Seattle, the there Niner was more Niner fans. fans. Yeah, like, or there was a good number, right? So yeah. Niner fans have always consistently been present. I don't think that's going to be the case in Philadelphia. I think this is going to be by far the toughest crowd the Niner, uh, Niners have had to face since maybe week three against Denver. And that wasn't even like, the, or that wasn't even that much, right? Like, I mean, so this is going to be a really tough task. The Niners have been really complacent with the the home fans. Like they've been really good with that. They haven't yet really had to use silent count in a long time. Can Brock Purdy handle silent count streak? I don't know. Like, right. That's a question we're going to need answered. Um, also the Eagles have had four plus players with 10 plus sacks. Sorry, threw a stat in there, whatever. Um, Niners outside of Trent Williams interior. I know we've gone back and forth on this. Yes. They've held up a little bit better recently, but I don't know how they're going to they're gonna do against the uh, the entirety of the Eagles defensive line. And then Mike McGlinchey, the same kind of thing, just not as strong as, you know, he kind of started out in this league. Um, the Eagles secondary is also probably the best secondary that the Niners uh, had to face as well. 
Uh, so that's going to be really tough. Can Ayuk's been great. I've said this a hundred times. Like as a route runner, he's improved so much. Is he going to do that against Slayer and or Bradbury? I don't know. Uh, they're going to have to utilize Debo a lot more in the backfield. Expect a lot of that. Um, and then same thing with this defense. You've got a really tough task ahead of you. This is a really dynamic rushing attack that has two outside threats. Can you handle it? Uh, also, Dalton Schultz got open a little bit in that uh, Dallas SF game. Dallas Goddard is just as good, if not better, at getting open to Dalton Schultz. So you're right. Uh, I also kind of summed it up in just a different bunch of different ways. And if you can get two guys to iter- iterate a bunch of different points on why this is a bad matchup for one team over the other, I think it's a bad matchup for one team over the other. Uh, I know we're speaking on perspectives of the Niners here, but uh, let me maybe transition it over to Philly. You know, all things considered, this is the best defense that Philly is going up against, right? Uh, just from top to bottom. Um, I think Philly has scored points in numerous different ways uh, against different opponents. Uh, and I'm really glad that these two teams haven't faced. I believe the last time they faced was Jalen Hurts. It was like week two of 2021. Uh, and uh, Hurts fought him close. Remember that 93-yard touchdown pass? I don't know if you remember it. I think it was like Quez Watkins or something. They actually didn't score on that. Or, oh, it was. Whereas, yeah, it was like, oh, yeah, 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 they got stopped fourth and goal, but it was a 93-yard pass. You're right. Sorry. They started from the one, and it was like a 93-yard pass. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. So uh, I believe the Niners came out on top with that one, but it was like 13-7 or something. 17-11. Or, yeah, okay, something like that. But, yeah, so that's the last time they played, and Jalen Hurts is a lot different of a quarterback since since that. Are you smirking because you got the score and I got it wrong? No. I I was like, okay. All right, well – Whatever, the Niners and Eagles, I'm really glad that they haven't played each other yet because, you know, now we're going to get some une- unexpected X-Factors. Uh, let me throw this at you. Who's who, who's your X-Factor for, for this game? I, I know we didn't really discuss it or plan on talking about it, but who's um, the guy that made My X-Factor is either a, side. it's not a specific player. I'd say for the Niners, it's uh, the run game, just the run game in general, whether that's Christian McCaffrey, whether it's Debo Samuel, whether that's even Elijah Mitchell, Kyle Juszczyk. The one way that you're going to win this game, in my opinion, if you're the Niners, is just run the ball down Philly's throat. That is the one thing that you can do, because if there's anything that Philly's going to give up here, it's the run. Their run defense has not been, you know, as good as their pass defense. So that, I would say, utilizing long drives, again, if you're Kyle Shanahan, you've got to call, like, one of your best games to win this. Uh, and off play action, you need you need to just disguise that really well, too. So... I'd say those three things for the Eagles. I would say, again, this comes down to Josh Sweat, Brandon Graham, Hassan Reddick, Javon Hargrave. Can you get to Purdy? Because if you can, and you can force him into, you know, rolling out, making errant throws, you've, you've got a clear path to win this game. And if you, it's also the other side too. If the, if the Philly O-line can stop Bosa, I I just don't see any avenue for the Niners to win this game if they fall behind and that happens. So it's really just the trenches for Philly, and I'd say it's the run game for the Niners. And it's a little bit basic, but I think for this matchup, it especially rings true. All right, I'll throw some players out there. Um, first of all, Philly, your linebacking core, because you're white and uh, TJ Edwards. You need to make sure George Kittle can't control the middle of the field. If the Niners control the middle of the field, that's a big problem. 
I because I already know on the outside I, I've got good trust in Slay and Bradbury. I think CJ is gonna uh, take a lot of double teams over the top, which I think is gonna be great. Blankenship has done his part as well. Uh, I think they rotate in and out of the box, but. This is big. You need to control the middle of the field. You cannot let George Kittle do that. That's exactly what Dallas let happen. And obviously you saw what happened when he had that big catch. Just a big momentum swing. You can't let George Kittle kind of ruin this game for you. Uh, also for the Niners, right? Like Fred Warner's been great in coverage. Really, like, okay, I know we've been gaslighting him a lot and he's been great. But really, throughout the start of the year and all of last year, he was not good in coverage. So to him, for him to come back and do this, really impressive. Um, but yeah, same thing. Don't let Dallas Garter do this. And then um, another thing for the Eagles, Lane Johnson. I have said, I've said time and time again on TikTok. I've said it on the pod. Uh, I've said it to all my friends. I think Lane Johnson is the best right tackle in football, and you're going to have to go up against Nick Bosa in a lot of formations, uh, a lot of three tech. Can you stop Nick Bosa? That that's a huge if. Because uh, I think the other uh, part of the O line will do its thing. I mean, you're probably going to have Isaac. I forget it. Like Sumalo, I think that's how you pronounce it. Like he's probably going to have to. Yeah, he's probably going to have to. Uh, you know, pitch in a lot of work for offensive line. It's always about finding work. I've been watching a lot of them recently, so uh, O line's been all on my mind. Um, and then for the Niners, uh, X factor wise, uh, I think it's Debo. Can you get open? Right, like need him to get open absolute dog but you know kind of got shut down a little bit in that game uh, or he wasn't a difference maker in the game against dallas uh and then on maybe the defensive side yeah i think fred fred just got to be as good in coverage as he is oh and lenore they're going to attack you <laughs> like they're going to for sure attack you <laughs> and uh like you know you got your little interception against dallas but I mean, come on, you let CD hit that starter comeback on you terribly. I mean, you got the uh, big time catch uh, also. That was a big time catch. I think they're going to target Lenore. And that I'm was just about a that. better catch, honestly. No, that was a better catch. No, no, I'm talking about the stutter. Oh. No, no, no. I thought not you were talking the, about not the deep, deep shot. There was a, oh. so like, no, no. He had, he had Lenore literally running away on yeah. a double stutter. You cannot let that happen uh, against AJ or Devonta. So. Um, yeah, those are kind of the keys for us. Uh, you want me to go pick first? Or you want to pick first? Um, this is completely up to you. I guess I'll pick first. Uh, I have been the most, I, I'm a level-headed Niner fan at one, at one corner and I, I'm also not, it's kind of weird. Give me the Eagles. Give me the Eagles. Um, what are you doing? Dude? For what all the reasons, for all the reasons I mentioned before, I'm not even trying to <sighs> jinx it. I'm not trying to jinx it or anything. I genuinely believe the Eagles are going to win this game. More avenues to win, which we have said on this podcast a lot. When you have more than one avenue to win in the playoffs, you've got a much better chance, for one. I think the Eagles are going to, going to, they're going to jump out to an early lead, one that San Francisco will not be able to come back from. And unfortunately, I think this is the end of the uh, Purdy hype train, at least until the offseason. So... Give me Philly because they are going to put you in long down and distances. And I don't think we're going to be able to come back from that. So yeah, give me the Eagles. You sneaky dude. <laughs> I know I'm, this I'm is being the, serious. This I'm is being the serious. most Skip Bayless thing I've ever heard. This is the Skip Bayless syndrome. It's literally picking against your team. So it's a win-win if, because watch, here's what's going to happen guys. Okay. If SF wins, he's going to be ecstatic. He's going to be like, oh my God, my team is so great. And then if, Philly wins, he's going to be like, oh, see, see, I told you guys, I told you guys Philly would win. Actually, no, it's oh, going to be whatever. like that, but a little more subdued. I'm, I'm 
gonna yeah, be very Shrikar, very Shrikar can't lose in this scenario, which I guess he set himself up there. Great, great job, great job. Well, all right, I'll give my pick. Uh, I was pretty set on this. I'm going with Philly. Uh, I'm really mad you didn't because I thought we were gonna differ on it. Um, but yeah, I, I think from everything we outlined, this is a really good matchup for Philly. Um, I think the I think in the trenches, I think Philly's actually gonna win it, and I think that's the first time the Niners are gonna lose the trenches uh, in a really long while since uh, Kansas City. Also, this is like the first time I'm picking against SF since Miami, so it's been a while. <laughs> like it's been a while. like he picked at, uh, against SF after me. Like that, I feel like that's crazy. The Tampa game, right? So, like, yeah. we haven't really picked against SF, you and I. Um, but first time we're doing it, so maybe we'll be in unison on that. Um, I'm going to throw a little narrative out there. So, Kyle is now going to be what? Okay, yeah, if, Kyle, if Kyle loses this game, we can go ahead and just say McVay's better. And that's kind of obvious at that no, point. No, I'm just, no, no, it's not even about that. It's just like... Oh, you want to talk about Sirianni? Yeah. Okay, we'll have a different discussion. No, no, I'm just saying, well, you know. We'll have a different you know, discussion. I mean, we'll have a different discussion. I mean, you know, I like. Hey, you brought it up. I didn't. So I mean, you you, you, know, you wanted to go that path. You brought up the narrative. I don't know if you. If, if you that was one hundred percent the path I mean, you were taking. Could, that was a hundred percent the narrative. We can, we can go. We can. Hey, we can go that way if you want. I mean, I mean, yeah. Again, hey, it's, a great, it's a great coaching know, duel. It's a great play. coaching duel, right? Yeah, I mean, hasn't hasn't missed the playoffs yet? You know. Gonna go to yeah, a Super Bowl in the second had, year. Yeah, yeah, two years. Yeah, hasn't missed the playoffs yet. Yeah, yeah. It's okay. It's okay. We'll we'll we'll, have we'll take a look at it later. We'll have that discussion. Yeah, we'll we'll have that discussion. <laughs> all right. Well, okay. You guys, I'm I'm just trolling with all these narratives, but we'll, we'll talk about it after. All right. We're both going with Philly. Let's move on. Um, the rematch, AFC Championship rematch. I don't really know how many people like ex- like predicted that. I feel like not a lot of people. Like, you know, for, for this was just something that not a lot of people saw happening, but it's happening. Um Chiefs Bengals rematch, same spot. Um I believe Casey's a one and a half point favorite, uh, as it stands right now, which actually means since he's getting more points because Bengals, Bengals are uh, a two and a half Casey, point favorite. Oh, it switched. Oh, yeah. okay. Sorry. I think the odds, when the odds opened up, it was KC minus one and a half. So my bad, guys. But uh, yeah, okay. So since he minus two, yeah, I, I figured it would switch by Friday. But um, all right, let's kind of dive deep into it. Um, we talked about what the Bills didn't do uh, and kind of what the Bengals did. But I just want to say this too. You take the ball and you march right down Buffalo's throat. All three touchdown drives streak were 70 plus yard drives. Mm-hmm. That is so impressive. Yeah, that was probably the best coach game of the playoffs. Uh, I think you can probably this or maybe the Philly one, but I think this one was just a harder environment to do it in. Um, you, you're seeing what Eli Apple is doing with the. I, I think see he's just putting an unnecessary target on your back. Like, it's funny, but just just kind of stop now. Um, what do you what are you I guess most excited about for this game, or what are you most fearful? Uh, throw it at us. Yeah, in regards to Eli Apple, it's. Hey man, he's he's a funny guy. He's a funny guy. I'll I'll give him that. <sighs> yeah, again, I mean the Bengals just dispatched the Bills. It, it looks so easy for him. And Cincinnati was at Arrowhead Stadium in this spot one year ago. Nobody gave him a chance. The Bengals fell behind twenty-one-three, but they won anyway. Mahomes obviously had the worst half of his life. This time around, it is unclear how healthy Mahomes will be. The Chiefs obviously are still a force um, and improved defense. As we mentioned, 
think either last episode or a couple episodes back and a very diverse set of weapons, but the Bengals are not going to have any fear. They have played Mahomes three times with Joe Burrow at the, at the controls and they are three and oh, so there is no reason to be fearful of this team. If I've, if I'm Cincinnati, um, and it's pretty notable in all three of their wins, Cincinnati is won by a field goal after trailing at some point in the second half. So with Mahomes <laughs> yeah. injured, with Mahomes injured, maybe the Bengals can get out to a bigger lead and just never look back from there. But then again, even when Mahomes has been 100%, they've done enough to limit Kansas City and just score a lot. So I'll say for the Chiefs, there is the option of running the ball with Isaiah Pacheco and Jarek McKinnon, but they typically like to go through the air whenever possible. Um, if they do stay predictable in some instances, I mean, all right, we got to talk about Lou Anarumo. I mean, <laughs> hell of a job, man. <laughs> I, I don't know. I, he, he is an elite defensive coordinator. He, he can give you a million looks. And I think, I think he called a phenomenal game against the bills, but if Kansas city stays predictable, especially with the hobbled Mahomes, I mean, I don't know. He might take advantage of that. And it's also, I think it's a game of the trenches. If Kansas City can protect, I know we always talk about, you know, the trenches, but (laughs) Kansas City can protect Mahomes and, you know, just allow him time to throw. There's going to be mismatches against the Cincy secondary. Obviously, you don't have your top corner in uh, Chidobe Ouzier. And defensively, the Chiefs have one of the best pass rushes in the league. Um, 55 sacks during the regular season, which was second to the Eagles. But when they lost at Cincinnati this year, the Chiefs only had one sack. So if they win it's because they bullied that Cincinnati front, which is still entirely possible. I know I know, the Bengals had a great game from their own line last game, but again, it's, it's a much, it's a different game. It's a different setting in a different environment. So I think those are, you know, a couple of keys to this game. Yeah, I'm with you. I was going to bring up the, the Cincinnati O-line. Yeah, we talk about it all the time. We're, we should just be called the trenches pod at this point. I mean, like, it, this is like, this is just the key to every game. Uh, and, you know, we can't just sit up here and say that the O-line that's missing three stars are going to do this again. One thing that also, I don't know, I just thought about this. It's not a, it's not a you know, key to the game or anything. I just think it's a little factor. It was snowing really hard in Buffalo, right? I actually don't think the crowd got as into it as they could have if it wasn't snowing. Uh, I think Arrowhead's going to be rocking uh, on, I think it's going to be a little bit louder. And Casey got, or uh, since he got uh, Casey at home this time, right? So, you know, and yes, they've shown they can beat him on the road, right? But it's, it may be a little bit tougher. Like I'm just, you know, just a little thing to kind of throw out there. But now to go, you know, with the actual game tape, uh, Cameron Taylor Britt and Eli Apple are two guys that just have to lock down. They played great on last Sunday. Do it again. Uh, and this time you're going up against guys who aren't as talented, right? Like Juju Smith-Schuster is not a world beater. Uh, I think Stefan Diggs is better, right? Uh, who's their wide receiver to? Like Justin Watson or MBS? MBS. Like it, right? So yeah, it's I think I think Gabe Davis is better than both of those guys. So um, it also just comes down to you know is Travis Kelsey going to get 14 catches again? Like I mean this dude is unbelievable. I really think Travis Kelsey is like. I think he's like a top five non QB in football. Maybe like, I don't know if you were to put him in like a receivers list, dude, I, I really think he's like top four top, like, five, I, I, like he's so good. I mean, I really like, I don't know what else to say. He is so amazing at this game. And 
it's incredible. Like from a schematic perspective too, all the pick routes he runs, all the rubs, like it's insane that he's such a decoy despite being so heavily used. It's incredible to me. I, I don't know. It, and Travis Kelsey is just, he's incredible. Like seriously, I, I think he should be in the offensive player of the year discussion. Like I, I'm not even kidding. If I had a vote, I would give it to him. I don't care about Justin Jefferson's like, I'm, I'm not even playing. Like, I think he had like 1,214 or something like that. Yeah, I mean, he is so important. He is so important to this team. Uh, he's been literally Mr. Consistent. So, yeah, I, I know maybe that's a bold take. I might make a post out of that one. But, um, yeah, that just wanted to throw that out there. And then for Cincinnati, Joey B, man, is just so electric. You guys just keep doing what you're doing. Remain poised. Uh, this is going to come down to who turns the ball over more. And the thing is, Casey has had these little iffy plays. They've had these ifs, right? And you know Mahomes sometimes can turn the ball over, and that's what, that was the difference in the last year's game. Remember the pick by Von Bell, right? Same thing. Don't do that. Uh, I think that's what it's going to come down to. Um, I think Jamar Chase is going to have one of his amazing games. Tyler Boyd's been a little bit, you know, where has he been, right? So... Uh, Tyler Boyd, if you, you know, if you want to show up and kind of add to this three-headed monster, would love that because, uh, last week it was all Jamar and Hayden Hurst, right? Yeah. So, you know, would love to see Tyler Boyd get in on that action. Um, and then as for the Chiefs, you're right. The run game is going to be important, but, uh, I think the pass rush, as you alluded to, because if, I mean, I know Joe Burrow can overcome nine sacks and win a playoff game, but I don't know if he can do that every time. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think, I think, yeah, that's pretty much it for our keys to the game. You want to get into our picks? Yeah. Uh, just real quick. I know this was a while ago, but the whole Bills fans in the snow thing, the Bills fans were quiet because the Bengals took him out the game. It was not because. Of the yeah. I, I just think that's. Yeah. So I think they got to do the same thing. It'll be the they same thing. They got to take this lead. You're right. Yeah. That's a good point. Yeah, but uh, Good point. in terms of the actual pick, I know that when the Chiefs are usually underdogs, they make everyone regret it. But I'm actually going with the Bengals. And the reason being, the Chiefs need to prove it to me that they can, they can beat the Bengals. That's literally just what it comes down to. I know it's a little bit basic with all the analysis we went into, but this team is 3-0 against him. If you can't, if you can't beat them, why should I pick you? It's it's just kind of that old sort of thing. And ownage is ownage at the end of the day. So give me the Bengals. Oh, one little side note, too. I've been seeing the national media just kind of going in full hot take mode saying, oh, if, if Burrow wins this game, he's unquestionably better than Mahomes. What are we doing? Like, what? I strongly disagree with that because I just feel like the logic is horrible. Flacco beat Brady twice in the playoffs. Are we seeing anyone say that Flacco is unquestionably better than Brady? No, we're not. Eli Manning has playoff wins over Brady. We don't say Eli's better than Tom. It's just, I hate that logic. I really do. And I feel like the media is just kind of, they're trying to grasp at straws here, looking for anything to just kind of, Mahomes and Burrow are both amazing QBs. Why can we not? Just say that they are the top two quarterbacks in football. Why does it have to be a question of him being unquestionably better than Mahomes if he wins the game? Like, it's not, it's not like that at all for me. So I just wanted to put this a side note, but give me the Bengals. Okay, let me just address that point. If Burrow wins, all right, here's what I will say. Uh, and I'm a, big, I'm a big Mahomes guy. I think, you know, I've had him one no matter what. 
since he's won that ring against SF, I have never faltered on that. But let's just look at Joey B real quick. His two healthy years in the league, if he were to win this game, would be two Super Bowls. Two Super Bowl berths. Uh-huh. Right? Yes. And then look I at think Mahomes' he's the most accurate. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. I think he's the most accurate QB in the league. Okay. Mm-hmm. I think um, I think when push comes to shove, he's won road playoff games. Mahomes is not yet. He has not won a road playoff game yet, by the way. I'm not gonna make the I'm not gonna say anything right now, but I think if he were to win this game, I I'm I don't know if I would say Mahomes is unquestionably the best quarterback in football. That's all I would say. That's that's I, I think fine. they would that's be fair. I think I think they would be in the same tier for me. Um because right now I still have Mahomes above everybody, but we need to consider that. I mean, that's insane. Your first two healthy years in in this league is two Super Bowl berths and back-to-back playoffs were two road games, winning two road games. That's unheard of. Like that is incredible. Not to mention again, I think he's more accurate. So at least he has something in terms of playing style that I would take over Mahomes. That's all I'm going to say in terms of what you said there. Uh, As for my pick, I am going with Cincinnati. Uh, I I figured we would go Cincinnati here. I I just thought you would take SF, but yeah, I'm going Cincinnati here. Uh, And I think the main reason why is not just because of the ownage that is obviously in part, but I think, I think Cincinnati is going to just do the same thing. Like they take crowds out, right? They've done it every time. And I think they're just going to make one extra play. And I know Mahomes' foot, or sorry, ankle is going to, you know, I think Mahomes' ankle is going to cause one bad play that shouldn't happen. And I think that's going to be the difference in the ball game. That's why I'm taking Cincinnati. Uh, and that's what I had to say about the Joey B thing. I, I don't think there's this, this narrative of unquestionable. I don't know who's spewing that. That's just not true. But like, th- this is what I'm throwing out there. I-, I just think we have to look at Joey B's resume. You're tossing Mahomes' five, you know, five-year resume. Joey's only played two healthy years. So, you know, that's and I, I think it's fair like to take out his first. It's terrible. Well, I, I think it's fair to take out. We take out Mahomes' first year, right? Because he didn't start. I think we should take out Joey's first year also because sure. of the ACL. So yeah. um, I think for, when push comes to shove, his first two years stack up just as great to Mahomes'. Fine, he didn't win the MVP, but he was second in the MVP voting, right, mm-hmm. to Aaron Rodgers. And honestly, you can make a really good case that he should have won it. So, yeah, that, that that's what I would say on that. My whole thing is just Mahomes won the Super Bowl. He's been to two. He's about to win his second MVP, and he's 27 years old. I think he is undoubtedly. That's right. And if Joey were to win this year's Super Bowl, he would have been to two. Mm-hmm. He would have won one. And uh, I believe the exactly. same amount of years. My no, whole problem is saying year. he's. My whole problem is saying he's unquestionably better, which I'm sure. Yeah. No, okay. I don't know where you're. I don't know where you're hearing this from. That's that's. Just I stupid. saw it on but like I, Good Morning I, Football. I think they would be the show. same. I think they would be right here. I, I think they would be right here. I, I wouldn't have them. I wouldn't have anyone at one. I would have a, you know, just both of them if I could. I don't think one would be, I don't think I can make an argument for one over the other at that point. Okay, yeah. So the quote here is from Peter Schrager, and he said, if Burrow beats Mahomes on Sunday, how can you make the argument Mahomes is better than Burrow? Oh, I see. Okay, well, okay, fine. Um, yeah, I mean, I would just put him here. Uh, I, I think I wouldn't, I wouldn't even have, here's what I would say. Okay, he's saying, how could you, make an argument for Burrow over Mahomes, or sorry, for Mahomes over Burrow? Yes. I just think you can't, I, okay, so I just don't think you can make a full argument for one over the other. Like a good enough one to really 
uh, do you know what I mean? Like, so he's saying, how can you make an argument for Mahomes over Burrow? I don't think you can make an argument for Burrow over Mahomes either. Do you get what I'm saying? Like, there's just not a good enough one yet. Yeah, but when put when you got to pick one, I mean, I'm still taking Mahomes when it comes down to I, it. I don't know. I I don't think I don't think I can uh, if if this game were to go the way I think it will. But we'll see. We'll get our answers. We'll get our answers uh, mm-hmm. on Sunday. But uh, yeah, thank you guys so much for watching. And let us know in the comments. I've said a couple bold things throughout this episode, uh, the DJ thing, the Travis Kelsey thing and the Mahomes Burrow thing. So, you know, if you guys stuck around this long, let us know what you think about that. Um, I'll probably make posts about it in, uh, on our Instagram. Uh, you can vote there. Uh, it'll probably come out soon um, on Thursday or Friday, I believe. Um, but uh, yeah, with that being said, thank you guys so much for watching. We've been the Cold Our Truth NFL podcast and we will see you guys next time.